Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Larry Clisby, episode 44 here on the podcast. And uh, joined here with uh, with Cliz and Larry, as we welcome you in, uh, this podcast probably the most unique one we have done of any of the 44. We are going, uh, me and you, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the recent news involving you and to our listeners. Uh, you know we haven't had put out a podcast here in the last couple of months and uh, we'll get into the kind of the reason for that and if you're a Purdue fan um, at this point unless you're living under a rock uh, the news kind of came out last week that uh, Larry has cancer and we are going to get into that and kind of get an update on the Cliz. Uh, we'll get into some other stuff and then uh, hopefully down the road here um, we will be resuming uh, taping of our podcast and get some more guests lined up. But uh, first, Larry, um, how you feeling? And kind of give us an update on, on how you feel at this moment. Well, right now, since we're doing this on the telephone, I um, um, just took a bunch of cinnamon Altoids. And, and I just realized that's kind of stupid prior to wanting to do a... Do a um, <laughs> You know, an audio presentation because I don't know how to get railed. Well, you're kind of new. To, you're kind of new to this radio thing, so you know that's yeah. a very common rookie mistake. Well, I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, doing a lot better than I thought I'd be doing six weeks into this thing. But uh, you know, I realize that I'm facing an uphill battle. But I just came off a incredibly emotional weekend, and I cried all day Saturday and Sunday. Almost starting to do it right now because of the the great, great, great support of the Purdue fan base, and not only Purdue basketball fans, but I've heard from so many people in Greater Lafayette community. And I learned two things uh, this weekend. One, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I chose to be a sports announcer, and I'm glad I stayed true to my um, my goal and that was to get tied into one team and and spend some time with it it's been 41 years i've done basketball one way or the other two years of football and always followed football as well but um i'm glad i did that that makes me feel good because you've heard me say to you several times you know so what so what's the benefit of having a lifetime career as a broadcaster i mean all you're doing is calling games you're you're Mm -hmm. Calling games that boys play, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, what about doctors? What about research scientists? What about, you know, astronauts? What about, you know, a heck of a lot of people that do a lot more than I do? The second thing was, you know, this is almost like a living funeral. You you, uh, you hear from so many people that you've, that you've influenced over the years and or that you've known over the years or had relationships with over the years and so many of them come back and i've had a lot a lot of calls and uh and unbelievable support this is the best fan base in the united states and and i have the best staff to work for too so it's great and it's it's been tough it's been emotional like this for me for three days now so but uh we're looking forward to trying to beat this thing, and and I needed those funds to do it. So I really appreciate it to each and every one of you out there that uh, donated and 
uh, and so glad to hear from all of you. Well, we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit of the specifics of kind of the, the start of when you when this all came came to be. But uh, as the news broke on Saturday, I know you and I were texting back and forth over the weekend, and uh, I knew even when I was looking at the the page and some of the comments left and some of the names that are popping up and people who are giving. Um, you know, I got a little emotional too, just kind of looking at it and thinking about all the, all the uh, the power of the Purdue community and and uh, Purdue basketball, and uh, I can't tell you how many guys have reached out to me, former players, um, and asked for your number and want to know how you're doing and and that kind of thing. And we're seeing some people in the national media, Jay Billis most notably, and a former guest here on the podcast who uh, uh, tweeted something about it and reached out and. Um, it's been really cool to see, um, and uh, I think it's one of those things that you, when you're in it for so long, and, and having been around you so long on the pro, in the program, um, you kind of take for granted the amount of people you reach by calling games for 40 years. And then uh, I could, I mean, there was so many people who posted things that said, you know, hey, you've been a part of my my life for 40 years, Larry. I listen to you know Purdue games and. And, uh, you know, I tune you in all the time and you've been and, and to make that impact on people's lives is very cool, as you alluded to. And uh, I know yesterday we had a workout here um, with our team. We get four hours a week in the summer and we wrapped up our workout and the uh, Grady Eifert and Klein came over to me right away and they said, hey, uh, we need close this number. We're going to circulate it to the guys and, you know, we need to reach out and uh, very noticeably um, concerned and and uh, wanted to get a hold of you, so don't be surprised over the next couple of days if you get a flood of phone calls from our current players. And I told them all that you'll be coming back to town for the reunion, and uh, I think everybody's excited about that to see and everything. And I spoke with uh, Rob Blackman a little bit this morning, and I know he was down to see you recently. And he said, uh, he goes, you know, other than uh, other than no hair, he said. Uh, not much change with Cliz. And I said, well, I thought he was feeling pretty decent because he left me a voicemail the other day. <laughs> and all he did was, <laughs> all he did is repeat my name about 30 times in different voices and then hung up. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I played that for my wife and I said, you think Larry's having a good day today? And <laughs> we both started laughing. So uh, I've, I've really had uh, two or three really good days in a row three best since Prima began and you know Michelle wanted my partner in life she I knew she had had enough of me because she had a list of one from here to the floor you know <laughs> these are things you need to take care of today go get in the car and I'll see you around so I came back about three or four hours later so and then she let me take a nap but <laughs> but you know but I feel good. I really feel good right now. But I mean, that's that's normal. I've only had uh, one round of uh, chemo. I haven't done any. Uh, I had ten rounds of radiation on my brain, and that's been in the past now for a couple of weeks. And I go, I think, four more weeks before I have an MRI to see how that all went, and then uh, four or five more rounds of chemo and. We're looking at a bunch of uh, alternative treatments as well, so we don't know what those will be. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go after this as hard as we can. Rob left me by saying, uh, "I think the goal should be that you're ready to go by November first, and so 
that's my that's my plan and ambition. Don't know if we can do it, but that's what we're going to shoot for. Well, we're 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 all hoping for that, and I think it'll be a um, could be an unbelievable scene um, when that comes around. Let me let me ask you when we were um, when you first reached out to me um, and gave me the news. Um, obviously, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, and um, uh, I know you started seeing some signs, um, kind of related to the the stuff going on in your brain, and just talk us through that a little bit when you first started noticing things. Well, it's the middle of June, and uh, I was having a kind of a slurpy, uh, a slurring evening, and we we're all around, and uh, Michelle again, she noticed that. Uh, she was trying to figure out whether I was messing with her, which, you know, I do a lot of when I start getting into those, you know, slap happy moods. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> she didn't know, she didn't know. And, uh, she did call a friend of mine, my friend, uh, Christopher DeMarco and say, mm-hmm. what should I do with this? And he said, you get her, you get him to the hospital like right now. Cause he's probably having one of those s- small strokes. Mm-hmm. And so she came in, she was outside, she came in, it's about 8 o'clock at night, she said, you're going to the hospital, and I said, I'm not, how about tomorrow morning, you know, and uh, she said, nope, and I think she called Bruno, or texted Bruno again, and he said, he isn't going, and he said, you don't, don't give him a choice, just go, and she did, so she took me in, and so it was uh, actually, the only symptoms I had was one, I didn't have any energy for weeks, mm-hmm. which I couldn't figure out. And secondly, um, <clears throat> I was I was slurring my words a little bit. I was, and but that night it was obvious. And so, she got me to the hospital. And we went through a battery of tests. The um, the emergency room doctor was worried about. He was thinking the same thing: stroke, most likely. And so, so we felt pretty good. And so they. Went through a battery test and MRI and other things like that. And about four hours, I came back and boy, he came in the room and he looked really bleak. He was a really nice guy. And um, he said, Larry, I got some bad news for you. And, you know, when you're in a hospital and the doctor says, I got bad news, that's not good mm. news. <laughs> mm. So he looked at us and he said, uh, we have some metastasized brain cancer in your brain. Uh, cancer in your brain and um so she and i looked at each other and he laughed and he was almost crying when he left and then i and i look at her and she looks at me and said what did we do what the heck just happened here right and then uh you know we cried for a little bit and then we said well that's what we got and what are we going to do and that's how it started that was about six weeks ago well, I know in those initial conversations I had with you over the phone, um, just the the sound, how you sound now is uh, completely different. A little better, isn't it? I'm talking isn't to a different yeah. man. Um, yeah, and, no, and that really gives us hope. We're hoping uh, we have a, I get back from the alumni activity, uh, I think uh, about 10 days I have a, another MRI, MRI. See, every once in a while, I, these things don't go through good for me, but um we'll have another mri and then uh, see uh how the person how the first treatment did it and hopefully and and my doctor uh said man you're speaking a lot better so 
that, that gives us hope. Well, yeah, those of us who have talked to you and stayed in touch with you, there's no question that uh, you sound 10 times better. Um, and I will say this, too, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of an age where um, a lot of my, um, obviously younger than you, um, a lot of my contemporaries, I'm, I'm, I ha- I've been very lucky. I haven't had a lot of people around me who have been sick. Um, so this, uh, not, you know, it's a little uncharted waters for me. Um, but I got to think that if people who are facing this illness, um, I think that, uh, you're, you're putting together a really good playbook and you and I've talked about it here over the last few weeks, but, um, the stuff that, uh, Michelle has come up with for you and kind of a daily regiment and, um, a, you know, a daily to do list and, uh, involving some reading and coming up with some quotes and things like that. Uh, I think is is the absolute way to go to keep you going and busy, and uh, just talk a little bit about that. What you know, day to day. I mean, obviously you have treatments from time to time, but but day to day, what what's going through on your schedule? Well, you know, I I don't really. She does most of the listing. I mean, she's a list type person, but she'll go. You know, before the uh, next day comes, she'll just put down a list of things that we either got to do jointly or uh, I have to do by myself. And, um, I live here in, uh, uh, Eastern Florida and, um, with her and, you know, I take care of the house a little bit and go outside and be in the yard and clean up. We've had a lot of storms so clean up some of the stuff outside or whatever. And I, I mean, I don't get real physical because I not really up to doing that much, but, um, and it, but I do have my strength back, and I think we now are looking at, uh, you know, for the next couple weeks, get back on a really a limited exercise plan. And she got me into, uh, for some reason, about a month ago, she got all excited about getting a tricycle for me <laughs> <laughs> with a basket, with a basket <laughs> on the back. Now we're, ta- we're talking an oversized adult yes. tricycle. Yeah, oversized adult <laughs> tricycle, and uh, she's been she's been on it forever. I think with oh. Sam's one time she saw one and she said, "You have got to get one of those so you can get your legs working." And <laughs> and and so the other day, uh, Sunday, uh, we went and rented one for a day to try one, and uh, and I tore up about half my leg. <laughs> I didn't fall. I didn't fall, but I kind of reached, I kind of backed it, and the pedal just ripped my leg into shreds. So now I have a, so now I have a physical injury to go with my others. But uh, yeah, for two days I was, uh, oh my, running around town on a tricycle. So that's and probably got came close to getting hit about three times. But you know, other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> hey what the hell you know hey you go out that way man who knows hey let's uh, run over by a car down there for Cosby survived cancer but he did not survive the Mack truck that <laughs> ran him over on highway yeah. four yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well we need some we need some pictures if this uh tricycle come I mean, I we need tell Michelle I'll, I'll text Michelle we'll get on that um, yeah and she took some she took some uh she took some video and took some uh still pictures of 
showing how stupid I look out of the thing, but uh, it's, it was kind of cool, you know. Well, that 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 whole thing leads into something that I want to talk about, and that is, um, you know, obviously this is a very uh, you know serious topic and things like that. But you and I are not serious people, um, and, <laughs> <Not> always. <laughs> and so. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I said, you know, he's got a really great outlook on this because I think when you go through life with a certain amount of cynicism and uh, sarcasm and that type, those type feelings about things, and which you and I, I think, safe to say, both have, um, when something like this happens, uh, you know, you look at it very uh, matter-of-factly. Um, and I, and just in talking with you, that seems like that's kind of how you've dealt dealt with it. It's like, hey, this is the hand we're dealt. Um, here's how we're going to play it, and uh, you've I, well, it just it it just seems very. Um, I, I admire the way you. I guess I, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I admire well, the way you, but, you've handled this. But in all honesty, I mean, I mean, we're we're doing the research. And, and we're putting a plan together and we have a plan that we're certainly executing now. And I mean, uh, we're taking this illness as serious as anybody can take it, you know, I mean, and I've had it twice. People probably don't realize this, but I had bladder cancer before and I had uh, melanoma skin cancer. So both those are serious and I got them early enough and, and, and got through it and I've had one for five years maybe the other for seven so so i did all right there but boy when people say brain you know the, when right. the words come out of their mouth and they say brain right and, and my my mother died of uh and i'm adopted so we're not genetically tied together but my mother died of brain cancer the year i came to um uh lafayette 1977 uh, i came there and uh July 5th, 1977, my mom died on December 10th of the same year. So, and she died of brain cancer and uh, in a rest home, had it badly. But I don't have any tumors up there. That's all metastasized from other places and to the little things, and we're hoping that we blew them away. And I think that there's a chance that we can do that. And if we can get my brain right, then, then I can fight all this other stuff. But we're taking it seriously, but yeah, I, I have a tendency to make a lot of jokes, especially with you, because I know you you understand them. Um, you know, some people don't, but, but you know what the heck. Well, you, know, uh, you and I have an Andy Kaufman fetish, so <laughs> that's what that's all about. Well, and I was a little hesitant when, when I texted you last week and I said, hey, I'm thinking about, what do you think about taping a podcast, just you and I? And we'll talk about this thing. And right away, like, done. Absolutely. And I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know, we have a tendency to make light of some pretty uh, heavy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, boy, the last thing I want to do is somebody, you know, cues this up, and they're sitting down, they're gearing up, and (laughs) they've got their box of tissues, and next thing you know, we're cutting up about cancer. And I thought, we may may offend some people here. That's true, um, but we're not. But we're not trying to. I mean, we're not. We're on a, no, we're not. I'm, a, I'm on a. I'm on a course to get better, and I want to get better. Just occasionally, every once in a while, you have to. You know, you have to make a joke. But I only make jokes with people. I'm not going to do this. 
you know, I do this with the people that I know I could do it with. So, well, and which, I, include, and I th- which includes you. And I think our jokes are never really at e- at others' expense, with the exception of maybe our own. Um, <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, <laughs> so I think uh, I think that everybody in this situation copes with with these things differently. And um, I just feel like for you and your personality and and uh, your mindset, I think, uh, like I said, I admire the way you're you're going about this and. Um, I, I think you're on the best best path you could possibly be on uh, to try to get behind the mic uh, again in November. So, well, you know, um, the uh, Big Ten football meetings were yesterday, which and it got out there somehow. So I started hearing from the Big Ten guys. Mm-hmm. So I heard from uh, Paul Keels. Um, Don Fisher was great, um, and, and I think Don started it off. Um, I've heard from Chris Denary. Um, uh, uh, who was the other one I heard from yesterday? Sh- um, Shawnee Morris. Yep, our good friend or, Sean Morris, veteran of the Sean, podcast. Sean, yeah, Sean gave us a phone call, and he's one of my favorite guys, one of our favorite guys, as you know. And yep. he gave me a buzz, and so hearing from the, all those guys was great, and uh, they were uh, they were terrific. So, well, I, I'm and very. And people who don't know that you know in our in in the in the Big Ten basketball circles, um, the 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 two deans of the Big Ten, Don Fisher and and Cliz, are when you look at the list of you know tenured radio guys in our in our Big Ten, and it's usually and most people will keep it in their game notes, um, which is a packet of information that goes out to all the media from each school sports information contact. And when you look at that list, it's like. I don't know what year Don's in, like 47 or something, Cliz yes. 41, and then everybody else is down in the teens, if they're if that. And so, well, unless you're Johnny Holiday, and of course, right. they weren't in the league. Correct, yes, he's been in Maryland a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, you look at that list, and it's it's remarkable, and it... Uh, it's, it's a, so my point is, by bringing that up, is that you two, I think... Um, really garner a lot of respect from people around the league you've seen uh, you know when people talk about their lit like every once in a while somebody will say give us your best players you've ever seen play in the big 10 list and you know for a younger person like myself you know i go draw on you know 20 years which is a good chunk and then you then you trump pull out the trump card and say well, I saw Magic play and Isaiah and all these other guys, and it's just like, Larry Bird. Yeah, and Bird. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, here, yeah. and it's amazing. So um, there's that respect that everybody in the league has for you two, and I know, um, I know, based on some of the guys you just mentioned and some of the national media guys who have kind of made contact to us, uh, a lot of people in the basketball community thinking about you, and I think that'll probably only continue. Um, well, uh, what the in the next what, few weeks, so. What people don't know how it works. Um, and, uh, you know, I was with Coach Katie for 25 years, and I've been with Matt for 13. And, um, but you guys have treated me like I always tell our guys, you know, I tell Wes and um, Rob that, man, do you realize how good we have it? I mean, it's incredible. And, and we have a, we have a, a situation that nobody else in the country has. I've I've talked to these guys many, many times about how it's done, how it isn't done, and none of those guys have what we have. So we're 
um, I mean, it's just, and it's so much fun. Even when we lose, right. it right. isn't fun when we lose, but right. we, we got each other's backs and, and it's, uh, it's family. You know, people talk about family and you, you want the epitome of what family is. It's the Purdue people and, yeah. and coach and coach painter and yourself and that staff and, uh, all the people involved in it make it that way and for any player that ever wants to be recruited if you wouldn't want to play here it's, it's just ridiculous not to want to because these guys i can tell you have always treated uh everybody the same way and and i have a tremendous tremendous amount of respect for matt but you know i'm a, I'm a friend of his too so i i you know i don't know how you handle that sometimes but i know one thing there ain't going to be anybody more loyal to him than I am. So that's just how it is. And yeah, I think I think what he did here for me, if that doesn't show you what kind of man he is, I mean, geez, I mean, agreed. How else could you? How else could you prove it? And the same for you, and same for your dad, Rick. You know, I I mean, I see that stuff, and it just gets to me. Well, and I think I let me ask you about that because we talked about the emotion that's come into it and seeing the messages and seeing the the dollars roll in and um you know it's it's gotten to me too. I mean, seeing some people that, you know, mutual acquaintances of ours that express their emotion and stuff um for everybody to see and it's it's really awesome. Um is that um to me, it seems like that's a healthy thing. You know, I think any emotion is a healthy thing when you're facing what you're facing. Is um, it, does it, despite the maybe the tears that come, it's there are tears of joy. Is that is that an accurate statement? Absolutely. But the thing gets me is that uh, Michelle just show me a name and and I'll recognize it and I just start crying. I mean, because right. I, right. I haven't heard from him in a long time or I don't have contact with them every day. And so the, the, the thing that I know, and it's no different than when I was nine or 10 years old, that these people, these announcers, they come into your life and, and you love the Cleveland Indians or the Browns or Cavaliers or Ohio state. When I was growing up, my dad was an Ohio state alum. Um, you know, those guys, I mean, they're huge. I mean, they're big, man. They're right there. You believe in them. You think them. You, you may never met them in your life, but you think they're part of your life. Right. And that's what fans, you know, it's, you know, it's like you and Brett Musburger, you know. Yeah. And then later in life to be able to meet meet them and then talk to them and stuff like that, that's really cool. I remember a uh, long time ago in the 80s sometime we did a basketball game at Purdue. A national game, I think it was Syracuse. Might have been late seventies or yeah, late seventies maybe. The Jim Bayheim great story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, you do those national games and I remember Dick Emberg was there and I was a huge fan of Dick Emberg at the time and I had a chance to interview him and I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can remember um uh, um uh, who was the Vince Lloyd? Was it the play-by-play play announcer of the Cubs back in the sixties, seventies? Um, but he did a football game, and I had a chance to interview him at Ross Age Stadium. And, I, and he came in. And he said, "Oh, how's my good friend Larry doing? And how's my good friend this and that?" And I, I said, 
good friend. I'm thinking to myself, I've never met this guy. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and I was just, my eyes were open. I was just so thrilled to be able to talk to him. So it's, it's like really neat. And uh, so now I realize in 41 years, you know, when I first started uh, with Purdue, uh, John DeCamp was just wrapping up. Mm-hmm. And John had a long run, good 30-year run like I did, and uh, was loved. It took me, oh, 25 years before, hey, uh, are you the guy replaced John? <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, but now I realize that after 41 years, there's, there's kids that have been born. The only person they ever heard was me. Right. So their dad listening. The kid starts listening, and then they, they, they come on to you, and they say, hey, you're the only person I've ever known do a Purdue basketball game. So Yeah, I'm one of those people. That, I grew up listening yeah. to you. and um, Yeah, absolutely you did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's how that works. And now you realize, you know, you have a definite understanding that you influence people's lives by what you say. And, and you know, and I got, a lot of, I got a lot of distractors. I mean, and I'm aware of that. But at this time, geez, I think I've had over 400 and, 25 440 people and maybe another 100 so that's like 500 people that i've had contact with in just three days wow that (laughs) is incredible yeah it's amazing well the big difference when you know as you alluded to earlier the brent musburger um when i met him you know was just blown away and exceeded my expectations when i finally met you i was severely underwhelmed so a little bit <laughs> yeah and then, and then i had to work with you and you put yourself right in the seat next to mine so for uh, several years how I many was, years we do that oh well, five or six probably four or five something in there and i heard from steve reed yesterday yep he reached out to me via email and uh, need your number right away again a, a bunch of different former players reaching out and uh, Robbie Hummel yesterday. Yep, asking about you and wanting to give you a call. And yeah, I want to talk about the former players because as as we've talked about, as we are taping this, it's prior to the alumni game, which we have coming up on August fourth. We'll be here in Mackey Arena at eleven o'clock. And um, right now, I can I can tell people that uh, looks like we're going to have uh, just right around sixty some odd players that'll be back in town, which. 60? Yeah, and and we'll, we'll have around 25 that are going to play and another 35 that are going to be here just for the the gathering and to see former teammates and, and see campus and that kind of thing. And As you think about that um, and all those former players, and a majority of those players are going to be guys that have a direct connection to you, you know, guys that you called games with. They were players when they came through here uh, or when they got to know you and, and came through Purdue um, there'll be a handful of guys that predate, you know, when your your time here. But uh, for the most part, you're going to know a vast majority of those guys. Um, you know, any thoughts about that? Seeing those guys, I mean, it could be, you know, you might want to bring a couple of handkerchiefs when you come that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. But now you just have to deal with that. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the way I've always handled it is that. You know, I always, um, and you've been around me a long time to know that I, I just kind of clasp on to certain kids and yes, and yes. and have that type of relationship with them and everybody else. Uh, you know, I I respect the way they do their thing, and I 
I'll let them do it. But if they if they come in the old closed door, then we usually become pretty close. And um, I'll give you an example: Basil Smotherman, who's no longer with our program, he reached out to me, and uh, you know those type of things happen where I have a relationship with a certain player and sit down with them, and as you know, I always give them the you're either in the big leagues or the minor leagues and today we're being in the big leagues and yeah i'll give them a little give them a little pep talk and tell them it's time to grow up and play like a star you know right so, uh and uh and, and and i have guys that you know like you said greg eifert uh, was on my first big 10 championship team in 84 and his son uh grady has been a terrific uh terrific uh, example for us and so you know that goes from his dad and every place we go and his mom Julie every place we go we run into them and and, and so I have a special place in my heart for Grady obviously but um, yeah you, you run into guys like that all the time and and that that's really special like Robbie called me yesterday you know yeah I uh and, and there's plenty of guys that I've done that to, but they don't want they don't want any part of the clips. I don't give them the full I don't <laughs> give them the full clipsum. But if 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 they want to come into my world, uh, I certainly welcome them and try to mentor them a little bit. And I think that's another thing that I've learned here. Uh, this past week is a number of youngsters that I worked with uh, over the years. Luke Martin. Got all to me, and you, you're familiar with him. And, yeah, Luke's over at Indiana uh, State. Does a lot of social media work for Indiana State and calls games in their uh, in their different sports programs. Right, and so what? Uh, Clayton Duffy, who worked with me at TV, uh, TV 18, mm-hmm. Mike Bridges, that worked with me at TV 18, uh, Stu Metzger, who was my producer for years at TV 18. All these people have reached out to me, and some of these younger guys, I had a chance to, you know. And I, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Well, I think what those people don't may, they, they might know this, but a lot of the, a lot of those people you just mentioned are, and we've talked about this and uh, a lot of times on past podcasts, but we are very, um, we love, we love our storytelling, um, around the program. And, uh, you have a lot of, a lot of comedic stories from your time in radio and TV 18 and all the different media you've worked in. And a lot of those names you bring up are, um, they get, I wonder if their ears ever ring because they, (laughs) those names get brought up in stories a lot around our program. And, um, you know, you and and coach Painter and myself, um, because our staff has changed somewhat over the years with different assistants moving on and, you know, to different jobs and things of that nature. But you three, or us three, are kind of the, the ones that have been here, and um, we've heard the stories hundreds of times. And, and I'm not exaggerating, <laughs> yeah. like to our fans, I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds of times, even to the point where I will we'll tell a story, my wife will be around, she'll go, you guys are telling this same story, <laughs> and, and we love it. We can't get enough of it. And so anytime there's a new set of ears in our circle, then all the stories have to come up again. So that person gets the treatment. So, so like having a new staff member like Steve Lutz around our assistant coach, you know, we have to bring up every story again. So all these people you're referencing, their names are alive and well on our program based on just oh, yeah, the recalling yeah, yeah. of these stories. So, Yeah. And, um, 
we have so we have so much fun with that but um yeah even i get tired of telling the stories but uh pain always say hey tell them this story <laughs> okay here we go or here we'll we get we'll have some guests hey Cliss, tell them that story <laughs> or i can tell them some stories that he isn't too fond of <laughs> but anyway it's <laughs> but anyway that's how it goes yeah yep. Well, before we wrap up here, I want to do, um, and I've had a lot of people um, who have reached out to the podcast. And again, you can anybody can always reach us at boilerballpodcast at gmail.com, boilerballpodcast at gmail.com. And one, uh, several listeners have always said that they would like for to hear your final four, and I thought that would be very apropos for this uh, this particular podcast as we touch base here with the Cliz on uh, – just everything okay. going on. So let's start our final four here with Larry Clisby. First of all, your go-to music of choice. I'm a, you know, I I don't have any particular music, uh, but I'm a 70s guy, you know, uh, Doobie Brothers, um, you know, people like that. Uh, so, but, you know, I'm Beatles instead of Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh but I like a lot of music. I mean, I listen to some country music. No, it's, I have to always tell the story. You know, I'll tell the story to, to cover up that question. Uh, I was a disc jockey in Paducah, Kentucky in the early 70s. And we play. I worked for the top 40 stations, so I was still on, uh, you know. And it was time and temperature stuff. Hey, I'm... Crystal Blue Persuasion type stuff, mm-hmm. hanky panky stuff, uh, the Trogs, uh, Wild Thing, you know, yeah. uh, that type of stuff. And but I always tell the story. My I was at WPAD uh, in Paducah and had an owner by the name of Ed Fritz. And and Fritz, he didn't, he wasn't really fond of me at all, mainly because <laughs> I was from the north. I had a vicious little tongue and damn Yankee. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember doing my first football game down there, and it was so bad. And I knew it was so bad that I came into the station on Saturday. <laughs> and I was sitting in this little cubicle, and he came around the corner, and he looked at me. He's rubbing his beard, and he said, hey, uh, I'm just wondering if Taylor might have made a mistake. That's the guy that hired me. So I'm just wondering if Taylor made a mistake. That was an awful broadcast last night, son. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Mr. Fritz, I agree with you. But I was calling the game from the 20-yard line in a non-marked field out in a meadow somewhere. And and we had no telephone. Uh, I said our line was disrupted, and so we are doing it on a telephone. So I was worried more about whether I could even be heard, let alone try to figure out who was carrying the ball, but no excuses. You're right. It was a bad broadcast. Oh, yeah. It was really bad. But he goes, um, but I was doing top 40, so one day they called me into the office on a Monday and they sat me down. Ed was in one seat, Ed Taylor, and then Mr. Fritz in the other, and they said, uh, son, uh, we're going to change formats. WPAD, 1450 AM. Uh, you're going to change formats, I said? Yeah. We're going to do formats. We're going to change and we're going to go country. I said, what? Oh, my. Country? Oh, yeah, country. I mean, and I, we're talking 1970s country. So mm. we're, talk, 
talking Cal Smith, Country Bumpkin. We're talking Donna Fargo, that type of stuff. So mm. I said, uh, man, I said, fellas, look, I, I didn't buy into this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a country disc jockey. I, I just, um, no, nah, nah, no. And Mr. Fritz just kind of paused. Ed didn't say anything. Mr. Fritz says, well, you know, this is the way I see it. You either do it or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at Ed, and he's got to roll his eyes, and I go, I think I'll do it. <laughs> so you showed up with a, with a cowboy hat the next day. <laughs> oh, so the next, so next day I'm, I'm, I'm flipping records, and I don't know any of these people, you know. Uh, you know, and uh, and I did it. And Ed told me when I went in there, he said, two weeks from now, you won't ever know the difference between doing top 40 and doing country. And he was right. So I went on and did it for about two years. So, mm. But, uh, yeah, so you never know. Okay. And, uh, question but, two. But, but that, was, that, was, that was my answer to uh, music of choice. Go ahead. Well, and I know that that's – I don't know. I don't, as uh, I've always thought that that I you would be into more music, and uh, it's not to say you aren't. It's just not something that registers high on your on your uh, passion chart, so to speak. But the next topic does, and that is, what is your favorite book, or maybe a good book you've read recently? Well, um, I'm right now researching to do some reading on uh, uh, the, the two books I go to the most is uh, People's History of the United States. Mm-hmm. As you know, uh, and um, the other one is uh, I'm going through uh, uh, Bill. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Payne gave me that NBA book. And I've been reading that. Uh, oh, Bill Simmons book. book. Yeah, Bill Simmons book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been reading that one. But the uh, but I'm really interested all of a sudden in Alexander the Great. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I saw it. Um, but something roused my uh, interest about him to being the greatest military mind of in history still to this day. Hmm. And so I'm going to do some uh, research and I'm hoping to get a nice book, uh, a good book on him and, and, and try to study him a little bit. Not that I big on military history, but I, I want to know what separated him from everybody else because everybody says, you know, there's a lot of stories out there that he was trying to conquer the world. He wasn't. He was just trying to, wherever he went, didn't want to be bothered by anybody, so he just conquered them. You know, it was, <laughs> and, and, and he could do it. And, uh, you know, they said, well, he would, he, have was, fit, he would have fit in very well in modern times. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He just, <laughs> you know, hey, you want to battle with me? If you want to show up and do battle, I'm going to take you. <laughs> it's basically what he said every time, and that pretty much. So I want to know how I, I want to know how that happened. So those are the things I'm involved with most reading. Well, when you get through that, keep that in mind, and when we have others on, I would we'll double back and find out how that book is. That does sound interesting, and if you find a good one, I'd like the like the recommendation. So absolutely. Uh, third question here on the final four with the Cliz is: If you could wave a wand and do a different profession tomorrow, what would that be? You know, I've always, you know, when we ask that of, of other people, I always think about that a little bit because um, it's hard to hard to think that there's anything that would interest me that would be nine to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of anything that would be nine to five that I'd be interested in. Uh, 
I think I'd, I I think uh, being a lead singer for a rock and roll band. Mm, I'm right there with you, brother. That is yeah, uh, yeah. I think and and have a skill. You know, maybe either keyboards or uh, drums. You know, or uh, like Collins or um, uh, keyboards, drums, or guitar. You know, that you're able to do that well enough and sing too. So yeah, I think that's what I'd like to. Do. Well, there's no question if I could. Because you know, what I think the coolest thing that would be in the whole world is that you show up someplace, some house, and there's ten, twenty people there, and mm-hmm. and you're a legendary singer, but they don't know it, and then all of a sudden <laughs> someone says, "Hey, aren't you uh, Frank Sinatra?" And then you go up there in front of this group of people and sing for about two hours. Mm. And just blow them out, you know. Yeah, ten people. It'd be great. It'd be great. Well, it'd be great. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely with you on that. That would be mine. I would be, uh, would love to be in a rock and roll band. And um, every time I see these bands, and I've seen a few this summer, um, I'm just so incredibly jealous. Hey, you just saw the drive-by truckers. Just saw the truckers and the Tedeschi Trucks bands in, in Indianapolis, and. Uh, just so unbelievably jealous of their talent and skill and just to be able to to write a song and play an instrument like that and to do it at a level where you inspire uh in most cases at that level thousands of people um either by your playing or your performing or your songwriting i uh, just think it's so cool and uh, it's probably the um uh, the closest thing to magic i can think of but uh yeah I, i'm with you on that one and I think about that, and I see people, you know, these standing ovations these people get, and um, well-deserved in my book, and just uh, completely envious of that ability. So, very cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then the final question is, what is uh, one thing that not many or no one knows about you? One thing about the Cliz that nobody knows about? Oh, um, it's a good question, really. And your life's been a pretty big open book. You, we said before you we started recording here. I said anything you don't want to talk about. You said no. I'm pretty. Yeah, as I'm, I'm okay. You know, while I had a, I had a tumultuous start of my uh, career. I seemed to be always in some kind of state of. Uh, had a little problem with the bottle, and and um, you know, so I was. You know, never knew what you're going to get with me, but I guess um, it, it's probably the some of the things that that I really like to do. You know, I I, I love sports, but there's other things that I love to do as well. And and um, you know, and one of the things is I do like to read and I do like to research and like. And I love to bring up, and I love, I'll tell you another thing I really love is that I love the cosmos, you know, I like uh, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, yeah. I, and uh, Paul Say, or uh, Carl Sagan and people like that. And I, I like to study about that and I well, like to look into it. And I like scientific stuff. You do, and you're very good, and, and this is a typical example for our listeners. We will be, let's say, on the road at, Oh, let's say we're on the road at Maryland, and we come down to breakfast, and usually we'll, you and I will meet and have breakfast uh, with the team. And as we as we go down there, 
because we always get I always get there a little bit early first to make sure the food's there and everything's in order before our players arrive and staff so and you and I are kind of early risers anyway so we will get down there early and this will be a typical you know good morning good morning and then this will be Larry did you know <laughs> that and then some kind of a scientific number or stat did you know the average person takes 1279 breaths per day yeah. or, or something along those lines and i will you know well usually no i didn't know that and okay what are you reading where'd you get that and and then we'll get into some fascinating discussion about whatever that might be and who knows where it goes from there but yeah you were uh, i can attest to that you were very um very uh, interested in that that type of reading and that type of information okay well that We'll kind of wrap up podcast 44 and our conversation with the Cliz. And, um, you know, buddy, I just appreciate you kind of taking time like this. And um, I think it's. Well, it sounded okay, didn't I? It's, you sound great. I mean, you sound good. fantastic. And I think. Uh, it's, I didn't know if I could do an hour. That's a good sign. Right? It's a That's great a sign. sign. And yeah. um, just, uh, you know, we're all, we're all thinking of you. We all love you. And uh, we're very excited to see you here in a couple of weeks for the alumni game and. Well, let me just uh, well, let me just uh, wrap this up by saying that there's no there's no way there's just no way that I can say in words what I think of the Purdue family and I love all of you and thanks so much and and I want you to know um, I'm my my choice obviously and that's no surprise but. I'm going to be there uh, November 1st. I'll be back home next week. And if you come to the alumni game, uh, certainly come down and say hi to me. Uh, that won't bother me at all. And uh, I, I, there's no way I can thank all of you the way you deserve to be thanked. But I'm so appreciative. And so is my family and my fiance and uh, everybody that uh, – comes into my life um, we're just so we're just so joyous about how lucky we are to have you so thank you again we're, we'll see you soon that's for sure well we think the world of you and uh, we're looking forward to when november rolls around that first game um Me you know, too. seeing you there with the headphones on and, and giving you a warm ovation so um, in the meantime, we will, as we said, we will try to do some more podcasts here over the next few weeks and kind of get back into the swing of things. And um, I know I've uh, I've told Sylvia she was uh, a little miffed because now she has to go back to work and start booking some more guests. Yeah. Um, she was enjoying a, a light summer as uh, she's got many interests outside the podcast. But now she's back to work and she'll get some guests lined up for us here down the road. And uh, and we'll get uh, some more ep uh, issue or episodes cranked out here pretty soon. But uh, thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Love you. And uh, Me too, I, Thank you. Well, let everybody know that's episode 44 here on the Boilerball Podcast. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well.